This is Scott Beck with the Becker Private Equity Business Podcast. Thrilled today to get to visit with Rick Cass. Rick is a partner and leader at RSM. He's going to talk to us about what he's seeing right now in the in the business world, in the world of private equity, and a lot more. Rick, first, happy Thanksgiving. Second, tell us about yourself and tell us what you're seeing in the in the private equity world right now. Thanks, Scott. And yes, happy Thanksgiving to you as well and everybody that's listening. Um, you know, my name is Rick Kess, and Scott, as you mentioned, I work at RSM. I've been at the firm for uh, approaching two decades now and work with a lot of our uh, private equity groups and, and their portfolio companies on various topics and matters. Uh, have a particular interest in healthcare, but work a little broader than that in, in general respects. But yes, RSM is one of the largest firms serving uh, uh, the middle market, uh, which encapsulates a lot of what private equity is involved in and interested in. And, you know, from from our perspective, what we're seeing is, you know, and interestingly enough, we're seeing a lot of um, deals come come to market a little early in the in the process, a lot of work with our investment banking colleagues on, you know, sell side processes that, you know, will probably come to market in the next couple months. So I guess I'm still optimistic that, you know, deal flow is still active, um, maybe not to the point where it was, you know, a year ago at this time, but, you know, we're still seeing activity. We're still seeing interest in, in, in businesses that are run um, well and that have, um, you know, positive EBITDA and that, you know, can continue to grow. So, you know, there's still a lot of optimism out there, but obviously there's a lot of headwinds with interest rates and inflation and, you know, the labor market and all those other issues that, you know, we continue to talk about, but I, I still think there's reason for, for hope for 2023. Thank you very, very much. And what, what do you see? What's your sense of 2043 and the end of this year? It's obviously not as busy as the end of last year. We feel that there might be tax changes and stuff like that. And it was insane. What's your sense this year? Things seem relatively busy, not, not, not the boiling point it was last year, but what's your sense of that? And what do you project to look into the first quarter of next year? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of see our transaction advisory group as a little bit of a, you know, a, 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 a you know, a calling a, a tone of what's coming next. And, you know, from my perspective, you know, I think, you know, as you mentioned, you know, last year at this point in time, those people were were worked to to a point where I don't think it was sustainable. Um, they were so busy and so many deals were coming in and we were saying no to, to opportunities that we would have jumped at, you know, years ago. And this year, I feel like we're busy, we're, our pipeline's full, um, but it isn't to the point where, where I feel like it's kind of in that unmanageable scenario. So I do feel like, you know, we've, we've maybe fit into a really good um, routine now where our people are, are fully utilized um, in the transaction advisory support area, but they're not to the point where they're, you know, working on, you know, 40 deals at the same time and can't keep their heads straight and working you know, 150 hours a week or something crazy like that. Thank you. In a good sense. And any specific, is there any legislation that people are watching or tax changes people are watching or not really so much right now from, from a private equity perspective? Yeah. I mean, I'm not hearing a lot of, a lot of chatter. I mean, I'm hearing a little discussion about, you know, some of the incentive credits that might be out there related to some of the energy things that that I think were part of the inflation um, you know protection act and things of that nature but not an immense amount of discussion around those areas um, so yeah I don't I don't I'm not hearing you know a ton of discussion there yet I mean I think there is a, a bit of a 
question mark out there what's going to happen with you know a, a republican-led house and a democrat-led senate and you know obviously you know a, a democrat in the president's uh, seat so you know i think there'll be some questions how the next two years will go from kind of a legislative perspective and how how you know that will work um but you know i guess you know time will tell there but you know i unfortunately i think we'll start to hear about the 2024 presidential election uh, much earlier than we probably wanted to um you know i think we were probably all a little you know over the political ads, you know, in in October and early November. Now, you know, it seems like we we might start seeing some of those already for for 2024 pretty quickly here. And I take it I'm going to ask you a question. I take it I won't be able to get you to bite on, but I'm going to try, Rick. The, the question is, who do you think of the two candidates in um, in 2024, or do you think there'll be a big independent party run as well, which would splinter the the base? Any thoughts on who's likely to be the candidate in 2024? I know I'm not going to get an answer, but I'm going to ask anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, 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 it's going to be so interesting. You know, I think between, you know, what, um, what happened in this, uh, you know, midterm election and, you know, what some people think, you know, was, was some kind of behind, you know, the Democrats sort of, so, you know, so to speak, you know, surprise in terms of not seeing this huge red wave, you know, the question will, will Trump win, you know, a Republican nomination? I mean, extremely hard to say. I mean, Trump still has a lot of loyalists, a lot of people that believe in what he stands for and all those things. And, you know, so it's hard to say whether he could survive a primary election. Um, but, you know, and then, you know, who would who would rise up from the ranks? You know, I know there's a lot of chatter and a lot of discussion, especially with my friends in Florida around DeSantis and their their you know appreciation for what he did in Florida this, you know, this November. Um, so it'd be interesting to see who gets the Republican nod. I mean, obviously, typically the, you know, a midterm president would 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 likely be the the nod there if if, if Biden chooses to run. But you never know. I mean, at his age, will he want to? Uh, will Will that be something that he uh, desires to run for a second term, or you know, will you know Kamala or someone else you know step up and take that spot? So, it, like you said, I'm not going to answer that question specifically, but I think there's probably a few people that probably are on the kind of the front runner um, positions there. Right. So we were able to get a lot more out of that analysis than I expected, but I assume I will not get you to ask who you prefer to win, that you'll completely beg off that question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I don't think the firm would appreciate that. No, I, I probably shouldn't per, per, put my name out there on that one. <laughs> Rick, I want to thank you, as always, for joining us on the Becker Private Equity Podcast. What a pleasure to visit with you. Thank you so much. Have a great Thanksgiving, and thank you for sharing your thoughts today. And we'll get this out today so people can enjoy it for Thanksgiving. Rick, thank you very much. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it.